Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Hi, Nikki. So good to be here with you. Right? Happy July. I mean, August. August, like late August. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we've been... I, I would say me taking a break, you not so much. So we will be talking about that. Yeah, about I've been meaning to tell you, I need, a, been... I need a hiatus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sure do. We, so we'll we'll talk about what's been going yeah. on. Yeah, well, I get. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want to know, uh, I will. I'm I'm an open book, Nikki Kinzer. Open All right. Book. All right. Before we dig in, we're going to talk about transitions today, mostly transitions, transitions. Uh, Lots of kinds of transitions, but particularly ADHD and transitions. And how does ADHD affect your transitions, your ability to transition? We're in a time of transition. And uh, uh, so let's let's talk all about it. Before we do that, we're going to head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us and this show a little better. You can, of course, listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list. And uh, you'll get an email each time a new episode is released. Uh, you can connect with us on social. Twitter or Facebook is Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you or helped you make change in your life for the better, if you've ever found that you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to consider supporting the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. And if I may say, anecdotally here... Uh, it just a, a note of thanks to to our patrons. I logged in this morning to post the the message that you know about the live stream this morning for our members who get to join us live. Um, that and and I haven't been in Patreon in a month and a half, and I was so moved to see how many people did not cancel their patronage for us over the course of the last month and a half. Uh, it is yeah, just the it, it just a message of great trust, and uh, I found it incredibly moving that uh, you guys stuck around. It it means <laughs> absolutely it means the world, yeah. Mm-hmm, so absolutely. And, and certainly helps us keep keep moving forward. So thank mm-hmm. you to everybody. patreoncom slash podcast. Okay. First, let's talk about a little business. Nikki Kinzer, group coaching. Yes. 
We have some business to take care of because it has been about a month and a half since uh, we've been on the air. Uh, so I'm starting a new coaching group in the fall. It's going to be a uh, women's coaching group. It's going to start in September. And I want to just talk a little bit about it today here on the show and then also direct you to the website if you are interested and would like more information about it. Uh, it is going to be 10 weeks and we are going to be covering the book, A Radical Guide for Women with ADHD. And this is written by Sari Solden and Dr. Michelle Frank, who we've had on the show before and have actually talked about this book before. Yes, we have it. They are amazing. Let's just say they that. They are. Yeah. <laughs> they are amazing. And uh, I had the opportunity to do this uh, coaching group in the summer with an alumni group of women. And it has been uh, really, I, I mean, I just, I, there's no words. It's just been so um, delightful. It's been deep conversations. It's been um, eye-opening, a lot of support. Um, it's just been a really great book to cover. And each week, what we do is we basically cover one chapter in the book. And so we're, we're talking about it. We're doing the exercises. We're learning from each other, sharing experiences. It's a really great time to connect with other women who really get you you understand you accept you and we do we do dive pretty deep so uh, we are really um, looking at how to embrace your ADHD how to untangle your challenges and what what radical acceptance really means for you uh, so it is a it's a it's a thinker I guess is what you would want to say <laughs> you you have to do the work you got to read the chapters um, and uh, be willing to kind of deep you know dig, dig deeper a little bit more than just the surface uh, the fee is six hundred dollars it is split into two payments it begins uh, the week of September 14th so the deadline to enroll is coming up soon uh, it is going to be Monday, September 7th. So again, if you want more information about this group, have questions, please visit the website at takecontroladhd.com. Excellent. That's one announcement. I love it. <laughs> okay, second announcement, study hall. So I don't know if I've talked about study hall in the podcast. I think we've mentioned it. I think we've, we've we talked about that. There's, yeah, we've, we've definitely, is this, a, is this the sec, just the second round that you've done it? Uh, third. This is actually. the third round. I know we talked about Yes. Yeah. So this is separate because I think it does get kind of confusing. Mm -hmm. For Patreon, in the deluxe level, you have this channel that's accountability, right? So anybody can set up an accountability body double um, session with anybody that's in the deluxe Patreon group. What this is, is this is a little bit separate. This is a study hall that I do and I host every Thursday afternoon from 1 to 5 p.m. Pacific and from 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern. It's via Zoom. I'm hosting it, which means I'm in charge of the Pomodoro um, timing. So basically what we do is we work for 25 minutes. We take a five-minute break. I ask that the people actually put into the chat room if they like what they're working on so they can and have that a little bit of accountability. Uh, it's via Zoom, so it's all online. We're you know, but we're all working together, which is and a the, magical thing. And the cameras generally are on. 
Yes. Yes. And so, and it's weird because at first you might think that, well, I don't really want people staring at me working on the computer, but you kind of forget that they're there and I kind of push them to the side Mm -hmm. a little bit so you don't really notice it. But at the same time, when you see some movement, you're like, oh, yes, I'm working. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, it it just helps you kind of stay on task, which is what the point of the Pomodoro and study study halls are. So this study hall is free for Supreme members of Patreon. So I want to be clear that for if you are at the Supreme level, this study hall is free. If you are not part of uh, Patreon, you have the opportunity to join the study hall for $10. So it's a $10 fee to join us that afternoon to get a lot done. Believe me, it's very effective. Um, But if you actually sign up for a batch of study halls, because I do 10 sessions at one time. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, you you do like, yeah, like there's a, it's kind of a subscription. (laughs) Right, because I'm like, we don't do 10 study halls all at once. That would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you can do an early, you get an early bird special. So if you want to uh, purchase all 10, you get, it's only $80 instead of the, uh, what would be a hundred if you were to do, you know, pay by pay as you go. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm probably confusing everybody by trying to even explain this. So it's much more clear on the website. (laughs) site. If you go to takecontroladhd.com and you go to the study hall uh, web page, it's going to yeah, it's, it's up under under ADHD coaching. <laughs> you'll find it there. But the other yes. thing you, I, I want to make clear too is that you know you're if you're already a member of Patreon, if you say you're a deluxe member, you go into the accountability group and start your own. Uh, they start your own Zoom. The the thing that you are not able to always guarantee, even though there are a lot of people who are hanging around there generally, is there's somebody mm-hmm. you can find to do a study hall. But you can't always guarantee that there is someone there to be your accountability buddy. So this is right. this is a way to guarantee it. There is no question. Mm-hmm. Nikki will be there uh, to yep. to run. Put the it study in your hall. schedule. Yeah, yeah. It's your time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Absolutely. There you go. All right. So I would like to hear from you, Pete, before sure. we get into dealing with transitions. You are coming back. Well, you are actually dealing with a big transition, which mm-hmm. is the inspiration of of why I chose this topic in the first place. Oh, how sweet! Yes, <laughs> you are coming from. What was supposed to be a, a break from the podcast mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of vacation in, you know, interweaved in, in July, but it didn't happen that way. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what happened and what's going on with you right now? Sure. Um, well, so, uh, we, we usually take the month of July off, uh, from the podcast and, um, right around the 6th of July, as I am gearing up for vacation planning and starting to think about things, I came down with a pesky dry cough and um, it just got worse, that pesky dry cough. And and um, about, uh, I don't know, eight or 10 days later, I was in bed and um, and I so I was visited by uh, the covid fairy. And it's it has been it's one of those things that's that's a little bit hard to frame because I think there there's a lot of um, uh, misunderstanding. There's a lot of magical thinking about covid and about what you know, that, that there are people who get it and go to the hospital and there are people who, quote, don't get it that bad. Uh, and uh, I, I think I'm one of those, uh, you know, according to my doctor, I mean, all I know is my experience. But according to my mm-hmm. doctor, I I was pretty much hammered by it. and. Um, and the, the fact that I'm going on day, let's see, what is today is the 17th. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, my symptoms started on the 6th of July. And I'm still, wow. I'm still working. I, you know, I'm able to get in a rough workday, but I fall apart at around five o'clock. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is all very new, right? I mean, coming back to work is all very new. I mean, I think reliably I spent, uh, you know, 40 plus days um, dealing with, with this, with, and, and, and it's a huge, uh, like, um, canyon of, of experience because it it's a like a slow burn getting worse for me and then it got uh very very bad uh in terms of it being excruciatingly painful um yeah. i i dealt with some significant inflammation that for for about 8 days straight i felt like i was on fire from the inside out and um and and that was just like every joint. I couldn't pick things up. I couldn't. I I had I'd lost touch of nerves. I started shaking. I had a a kind of a um, I, it's like a palsy in my right hand. It would just constantly vibrate violently. And then uh, at one point, I lost all all nerve control in my left leg. Um, like it just it, it's just bizarre the set of symptoms on top of the fact that it, you go from just feeling kind of okay to suddenly feeling like you weigh 3000 pounds and you can't you just can't move like i've never felt the kind of bone weariness that that i've experienced over the last um last month and a half and so uh that that's the that's the experience that i think is is hard to communicate that this was not mm. pleasant it was not the flu yeah but you know, we checked my blood oxygen every hour and um, I was on my I had my medicine, my mask here uh, every hour for to, to get the medication that I was on straight into my lungs. Um, and I, I never I said there's at the level for blood oxygen, you know, if it drops below a certain level, you call the ER and say, I want to go to the hospital. I'm on my way with respiratory distress. Um, but for me, it hit that level, but it never dropped below. And so mm-hmm. uh, I was absolutely blessed that I got to be in care at home. I was blessed and incredibly privileged with a doctor who is an, a real advocate for me. And um, also looks at me as the most serious of her COVID cases. So, I mean, I was on the phone with her. She was on the phone with my wife yeah. daily. Um, and then I'm still on the phone with her every 48 hours because the symptoms are not gone. And I'm and, yeah. and so we're still trying to kind of um, feel our way through it. But, um, you know, her take is that, I, you know, I'm part of the tapestry of people who are living with post-COVID symptoms who are writing this sort of textbook as we go. And mm-hmm. um, so trying to be as, wow. as helpful as I can, but it was, um, it was just a lot of misunderstanding. And it was, uh, it, it, it's the worst I've ever felt without, mm-hmm. you know, and, and still lucky that I didn't have to go to the hospital. Absolutely. Oh, I don't know. What I a mean, terrible. Yeah. Experience. I mean, so I, I am, I'm certainly, if anybody has any questions or, or experience, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of open book with it, but, um, it's, uh, it, it is what it is. I, the doctor experience was like, if we're, we're worried about you getting sicker if you have to go to the hospital. Like, we really don't right. want you to go to the hospital. So that, yeah, if, if we can oh, do it, so it was interesting. So glad that you didn't have to. And I'm so glad that I'm here with you yeah. today and grateful. And it's such a joy and pleasure to see your face. 
and to hear your voice. I, <laughs> I, uh, it, it, there was a point in time, I think it was probably middle of July where our podcast photo popped up and I yeah. was like, Oh, I miss him. Yeah. I'm like, this is awful. And then to know that you were going through what you were going through and I, uh, was able to communicate with your wife mm-hmm. to, to make sure you were doing okay. That was, um, helpful because it's hard when you don't know yeah. at all, you know, obviously you can't, you're not in a position to update. Oh, yeah. guess what? Here's yeah. what's going on. Um, well, she so was, I'm so she grateful in, you're here. She was in a rough space too, because like it would, yeah. I, we would be kind of toward the end of things and I might be kind of sitting up in bed for the first time in a while and somebody would write in or she'd be talking to you. She's like, oh, Pete, he's, he's kind of improving. And all of a sudden my body starts convulsing. Like, un- right. <laughs> like I can't. Talk. So you just like, I just never knew like, what is next with this stupid yeah. thing? I want to punch it in the neck. It is so, it's just was really frustrating. So, but I, well, I will have- say, I, I never lost sense of smell or taste. And that was, uh, it turns out an incredible gift because as a result, I never really lost my appetite. Um, right. So I didn't, unfortunately, lose much weight. I was counting mm-hmm. kind of like about day four. I was like, at least I'll be svelte when I come out of this. <laughs> and uh, that did not happen. No. Very frustrating. You have so many people who love you and care about you. I, uh, it was, it was such a surreal experience, seriously, to have sent out the podcast uh, announcement a couple weeks ago to say we're going to have to postpone because yeah. we were going to be here a couple weeks ago. Um, and the, just the love. I mean, you know, oh, I Aww. hope Pete feels better. I'm so sorry he's going through this. I, I sent out the newsletter and people would respond back to me from the newsletter, you know, I make sure he knows, you know, that we care about him, sending our prayers. Guests from our show, Pete, um, several guests that that are uh, part of my newsletter Mm -hmm. replied back and said, please let him know we're thinking about him. And so lots of love your way. So, um, well, and and I need to I need to shout out to, you know, our who's not in the discord, but his name is floating around Andy Nelson and Ray Delancey. I mean, these are people who jumped in and helped me to. To kind of keep the back end. There's no time like just on the cusp of getting present, uh, getting COVID to decide to rebrand your company and start right. hiring people <laughs> like it's it is not a not a great time. And so it's no. been it's been really great to have to, to just know that there are people out there who are who are thinking about me. And yeah. I, I really appreciate it. And now for the business of ADHD. Yes. So dealing with transitions, uh, this is exactly why I wanted to to bring this up. I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's one of those conversations that we just need to keep having yeah. uh, because they they're hard. And, you know, uh, some of the bigger transitions that we've already talked about is Pete coming back to work after being so ill. Um, I'm coming back from a vacation. I have. <laughs> so uh, that, that's hard, too. <laughs> well, not as hard as yours. Uh Although I will have to say, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I um, was working in my attic during vacation after I did like the beach thing and I fell down. (laughs) I didn't go through the roof, but I missed a step and I fell forward and hit my head really hard on the wood. Like, yes, I did it. I did it. I should never work in the attic again. Um, and, uh, I had a headache for like three days 
Yeah. Did you have like a concussion or anything? I don't think I had a concussion, but I might have had like kind of a mild one because I did have a headache for three days. Oh, my goodness. And uh, the first day was very, I was very out of it because it just felt weird. But anyway, I wasn't going to bring that up. And then I I got it. I brought it up. So there you go. I am a clumsy person when it comes to my attic. Oh, my God. (laughs) So what are you going to do? But yes, I did come back from vacation. This is my first day back. Um, I'm also finding that students are having a hard time transitioning from uh, summer to going back to school, which is also kind of a weird thing because... Most of the schools, I think at this point, at least in Oregon, I know for sure, are going back online. Some people are doing a hybrid type of thing. Um, so that's a, an, an interesting transition. Mm-hmm. Um, three clients that I have in the last six months have moved. So, and one of them was a surprise. One, one, one was renting a condo and the owner said, hey, guess what? We're selling it. So it was yeah. a complete surprise. So that's a huge transition that that person's going through. I had one client who quit a very toxic job and is now starting a new job Yay. again. Yes, it's great. It's great news, but you're starting over, right? And you've got some transitions that you have to go through with this new job. Smaller transitions are going to look like those daily ones where we're moving from one task to another. I hear that that um, from my clients that that's always very difficult, especially when you're in hyper-focus mode on something and then now you have to move into something that you don't want to do. Not easy. Um, but also in today's environment, when we're working from home, so many people are working from home, you and I are used to this. Mm -hmm. So we already have kind of this like separation, I think, you know, of being able to, to do that. But people that don't have that separation or aren't used to it, uh, they're having a hard time, you know, leaving the workplace to now I'm being home because it's the same place. It's the same environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we definitely are dealing with transitions all the time. I I, got to throw in the small ones. Yeah. I got to throw in waking up and going to sleep. Uh, Those are like quintessential transitions that I struggle with uh, because of the way my brain works. And this kind of, I don't know if this sounds weird. I I never really have, have talked about it to anybody else, but meals transitioning in and out of meals. It's hard sometimes if, if left to my own devices to actually, you know, sit down and eat. It's also hard to stop the eating mode, not that I just sit there and eat for six hours, right. but that I'm sitting at the table or I'm sitting on the couch and I'm eating something. And then I just kind of don't want to stop that, whatever I was doing while I was eating. And that right. that's kind of plaguing. Like you talk, especially the work at home mode. It, it's, it's hard to go back to work when you're just 10 feet away and you're sitting in the kitchen or whatever. It's, it, it's really hard to make my, yeah. to force myself back into something else. You know, it's interesting you say that because I think it's hard at lunchtime. Like sometimes I think it's better for me. I know this, I cannot believe I'm saying this. Um, (laughs) But sometimes it's better for me to actually kind of eat while I'm working and almost like get off early and just work like a full, you know, whatever time I'm working. Because if I take that lunch and I actually take a whole, like if I take a whole hour and I eat and I'm full. Then you want to nap. <laughs> I want to go to sleep. Hello, siesta. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to get that transition back in. So sometimes I do think it's kind of better sometimes to just kind yeah. of go through it. But I don't know. That's well, probably not healthy. So who I, knows, I do but. think it's I do think it's really good to acknowledge both these big transitions that are hard and obvious and the little ones that are not. And, and yeah. I, I think it's important to say that out loud that the little ones 
might be insidiously sort of poisoning your day, right? Right. If, if, if you aren't aware that, oh, my God, it's because I'm not getting myself out of bed. It's because yeah. my brain won't stop working when I get in bed at night. It's because lunch took three hours. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, absolutely. All right. So transitions rely on executive functions. And this is why it can be so difficult for ADHDers to deal with the transitions. Because if you start looking and breaking down what the executive functions are that we use when we go through transitions, one of them is planning. It's very difficult to break projects down. We don't know what to do, when to do it, or how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, issues with time management. This is where that time blindness and kind of what we call ADHD time comes involved, right? We we get hyper-focused. Um, it's very easy to get involved in something you really like to do. The time goes by faster. Um, and trying to pull out of that hyper-focus can be very difficult. Um, organizing your day, you know, is, is, is can be hard when we don't know how long things are going to take us or all of those different things. Organization, working memory, um, self-regulation is a big one that we need to think about too. That lack of impulse control, even though you know you shouldn't check that email, mm-hmm. right? You've already set a time to check the email, but the email little that little thing is popping up at you and it's red and it's, you know, you just want to look and see who it is. Um, So all of these things with the executive functions not running um, at top speed um, can affect how you're dealing with transitions and why they can be so, so difficult. So as a coach, one of the things that I would ask my clients to do when they're going through these type of transitions, whether they're small or large, is identify what is difficult for you. What what are the times during the day that you find are the hardest for you to transition? Because you may find that morning is harder for you. Maybe evening or afternoon is harder for you to transition. Um, what kinds of things are hard for you to transition from, right? Is it a certain project? Is it a certain task? Um, you know, are there people that's harder? Like if you're mm-hmm. at home and you're, you're uh, with your kids, you know, that may be a hard transition to go from mom and dad mode to okay now i need to go get some work done like we need to we need to be aware of the transitions um that are difficult for us because not every single transition is hard right right. and so we also have to get away from that black and white thinking not all of it is hard one of the one of the hardest things i i i think about uh doing this is figuring out like is uncovering where those those transition challenges are right it's right. it's figuring out in your day what is the hard part and and so i would just uh throw in here it, consider a time diary right consider yeah. documenting your time and and just marking down when you start doing anything later you could go back and make the calculation but start lunch 12:31 p.m. right and mm-hmm. and then if you start work at 3:03 p.m. you'll see that gap <laughs> You'll see. Right. You'll see that that's a that's a gap that that you probably could tweak, and and maybe transition is a challenge for you there. So consider a time diary and and uh, and just a plain plain sheet of paper. Write time diary on the top of it, and then just start writing time and what you're doing, and yep. uh, and and see if that helps you diagnose some of your transition troubles. 
I'm sure it would be very enlightening to kind of figure out what you find out, yeah. right? If you're going into it with no judgment yeah, and just really looking at it and seeing how am I spending my time? Where's this going? It, I think it would tell a lot. Yeah. And awareness is the first step towards change. We've talked about that over and over and over again. Get as specific as you can about these transitions and where you find the difficulty. Um, part of... Um, I think that part of the the issue that I see with so many clients is that they know what to do, right? They know what's wrong. They know what they should probably try. But for whatever reason, they kind of forget to, to take a step back and mm-hmm. look at like what I already know about this situation. And so I want you to do that. When you start to identify where these transitions are hard, where, where they're the uh, most challenging for you, then take a step back and figure out, you know, what do I know about this? You know, what did Pete and Nikki say about <laughs> transitions? <laughs> right. I know that, that, that they are hard, but how can I make them go a little bit more smoother? Yeah. How can I make, how can I manage this a little bit better? So it's really utilizing uh, the skills that you know and have heard of and trying those and practicing those. Well, and I, I gotta, I, I think about this all the time, right? And and I use this, I'm sure I've used this on the on the show, right? The, the, the cobbler's kids have no shoes, right? Well, that, mm-hmm. I, I haven't thought about that in a long time, right? What it means is that, you know, the cobbler's making shoes for other people and doesn't have time to look inward or care for the ones who are closest to him. Well, that is a sort of axiom that has been around a long time. And I found this morning the earliest reference to it was John Haywood in the year 1538. People have been complaining about this exact situation like forgetting what you know or having a very easy time talking about ADHD and transitions when assessing other people's lives, right. but having an incredibly difficult time doing it for themselves. I've in, I, I have an article that I had saved in my bookmarks long ago from Psychology Today called The Cobbler's Children at Work. And it's a consultant who says you would... You would be flabbergasted by the number of times I go into a to an organization for whom I am consulting, a marketing firm that does no marketing for their own business, a software firm with outdated software. Like it's just people have a hard time looking inward and using their own tools on themselves. And mm-hmm. and that's okay. You are absolutely not alone. It is really right. it's it's one of the things we're best at is perfect uh, perfecting sticking our noses in other people's business when we mm-hmm. when we don't look at our own uh right. and and so you have a lot of skills you're probably not bringing to bear Absolutely. Yeah. So being able to take a step back and seeing, you know, what are those and what do I, what do I want to practice? What would be something that I can do? You know, um, and, and some of it is, I think, planning a little bit too, especially when we're talking about, uh, bigger transitions, you know, when we're talking about, um, from vacation to going, to back to work, mm-hmm. making sure you ha- and we've talked about this too, making sure you have a day in between, you know, it's really difficult to come back if you actually went somewhere. I pretty much stayed home. But if you if you go somewhere and you come back Sunday night mm-hmm. and you have to be at work on Monday morning, that is really hard to do. So if you can plan to come back on Saturday and have that Sunday where you can just be at home and relax and get back into, you know, thinking, okay, 
back to life, it can be very helpful. Um, same thing with you, Pete, being ill, right? Mm-hmm. You have to really listen to your body and know how much you can take and how much you can't. So how many hours a day are you putting in to your work and gradually kind of making yeah. that happen? Um, you see it with maternity and, and paternity leave, right? Where, um, People won't go back to work necessarily full time. They gradually go back into work, you know, into the full time schedule. So there's things that you can definitely do to kind of plan for that. Um, I think on a daily basis is, is trying to give yourself some, some buffer time. We've mm-hmm. talked about that too. Um, you know, not scheduling meeting after meeting after meeting, but if there's a way to do a 10, 15 minute, you know, uh, break there. So it gives you enough time, uh, to get to the next meeting, to go to the bathroom, to take a breath, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that you're able to, um, just breathe and slow down a little bit can, can certainly make a big difference. Um, you know, there's other things too that you can certainly do, uh, that I will talk to my clients about is, is, uh, intentionally plan just for your day, even, right? We talked about a lot of daily planning, knowing when your transitions are going to happen, knowing when they're hard and scheduling a break time during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, setting alarms, I think, I know it sounds like it's such a, endeavor works. It's such an old kind of thing to say, but they they can work. Alarms, reminders can work. Um, I think it's just really important that you intentionally set them up so you pay attention to them. The yeah. ones that you're not paying attention to, they're not working. I agree. Well, and, and I think there's a framework to to approaching alarms. There, there are two kinds of alarms for me, at least. One of them is like, it's time this thing is due. And the other is, hey, Pete, remember you're tethered to time and space, right? right? Like, it's just an alert that says, hey, consider that you may need to reflect on how you're currently using your time that mm-hmm. the, this sound is an indicator that the world still exists. And I I need both of them, right? I need right. both of them to keep me kind of running throughout the day. I've got a ton of alarms. Um, and and I find even the ones that I'm I'm ignoring, they they may f- serve a purpose, right? And that purpose just may be a reminder of my existence in time and space. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and and a reminder of what are you doing right now? Yeah. Is it what you're supposed to be doing? Right. right. right? I mean, it can just be that simple. Um, I, you know, a couple other things to try. And I and I say try because I really want people to go into it as, as sort of a practice mode, right? This isn't something that we know for sure is going to work for you or not. So you've got to just try it and practice it and see if it helps you. Does it benefit you? Uh, getting up and moving. You know, mm-hmm. if you're sitting at your desk all day, you know, get up and move. Go outside take some deep breaths, do something fun for a little bit, set that timer so that you can get back to your task or whatever it is you're working on. Meditation can be a great recentering tool when you need to go into an important meeting. You need to just clear your mind because you're going into a different kind of meeting or you're going from work to now I'm a parent, um, you know, whatever. The the roles change, right, mm-hmm. every day. Um, exercise. And it doesn't have to be a full workout. I'm not talking about getting into, you know, your workout clothes and working out for an hour. I'm talking about just getting your heart going, maybe mm-hmm. doing a few jumping jacks, walking around your house, um, doing some squats, whatever, just to get your energy up um, can 
can help with transitions. So one of the things that I would really want people to try this week or whenever they're dealing with these transitions is listen to what we've said, some of the ideas and some of the suggestions that you already know, right? Because we know you already know some and try them, practice them um, and see which ones resonate, what works, what helps. Because the, the, the point of this is not to make them easier because transitions are not easy, but we do want them to be manageable and not feel like you're always overwhelmed or like just, I, I you know, you kind of imagine this person just uh, in the water, just treading water, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. want to have some more control. And uh, these kinds of things can definitely make a difference. I One of the exercises that I've been been practicing is uh, called box breathing. You ever heard oh. of box breathing? I'm not sure. Uh, Tell us what it is. Well, it is an exercise that is apparently has been taught to Navy SEALs. And it's a breathing exercise where you you breathe in for a certain number of seconds. Say so you breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, you exhale for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, and then you repeat. And uh, I had, you know, obviously I had lung issues. And so, you know, lung pain and lung capacity were both uh, pretty severely um, constrained. And so part of, of what my doctor has been, uh, had me doing on this stupid machine is box breathing. One of the outcomes is that has become a practice that has, I think, dramatically reduced stress for me. And wow. it has made like regaining control of the out of control thought spirals easier. And when transitions are hard, I think those sp- thought spirals are uh, go to work. And I wonder if box breathing isn't a, a tool for for helping you kind of practice, you know, practice getting recentered, do eight or 10 yeah. box breaths and, and see if that helps you get again, retether to time and space. Right, right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's great. And, and apparently it's it is it's one of those things that has been taught for years and years and I've just never had a word for it. Uh I kind of the breathing app on the Apple Watch, I have it interrupt me and say, "Hey, right. breathe." And it's kind right. of that. Like it's it's not quite that, but it's kind of that. And so I I get the feeling that uh I might be late to what is called box breathing. But um I don't think so. Give it a you shot. You can never be late. You can never to be late. Anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so I have to say thank you to Melissa, who is our uh, uh, podcast assistant that helps us with the podcast. And she found something on the archives, Pete, that I haven't listened to in a long time. <laughs> I don't even remember it, really. So, But it's episode 183, Lessons Learned from Big Transitions in the Home. Nikki discusses her son's difficulty transitioning to middle school. Oh, now, this is what's crazy, is he's going to be now a senior in high school. Yeah. So now he's going to be transitioning from you know high school to college. So I probably will have a whole nother episode to talk about next year but uh yeah that's from the archive so thanks melissa for bringing that up (laughs) to check that out that is definitely the dark side of having somebody mine the archives she finds all of our ghosts (laughs) i know i know it's crazy well thank you everybody for downloading and listening to this show we deeply appreciate it and thank you everybody who has sent words of encouragement personally it means the world so glad to be back we appreciate your time and your attention. We'll see you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.